Madeline. I'm Teresa and I'm a Jane slash Bonnie and today we're here to talk to you about Trivia Night, otherwise known as the last third of Leanne Moriarty's Big Little Lies. Um, there may be some spoilers for season two. We honestly have no idea because we have no idea what part of this book got taken for that season because we haven't seen it just like you. Um, but so if you're worried about it, you might want to beware. Um, so I think maybe there was one glaring omission here, and that was karaoke at karaoke night. Apparently that doesn't translate well to text, or I guess it's the other way around since the text came first. But we got a far more normal trivia night in this yes. in the book. Well, yeah. generally they leveled everything up for the show. I think we can agree, like mm-hmm. the opulence, the scale. So I don't think Pierre Week quite has it in the budget, nor has the parents that have the baseline level of talent such as you know Zoe Kravitz in their ranks to pull off a karaoke (laughs) component but it did seem kind of weird like you were missing the whole Elvis Mm -hmm. it was just dress up there was no I just kept thinking how it was more odd that in the show they kept calling it trivia night and it wasn't trivia night that was true so at least the book was referring to something that was actually existing Mm -hmm. whereas in the show they kept that trivia night Mm -hmm. name but it was really just a karaoke karaoke night. night very true but we still didn't we still actually get to Elvis see any. And Audrey we did, which I don't entirely know why they decided to pair those two people. Does anyone have a guess? Uh, I I mean, is there I guess, some sort of old Hollywood knowledge I don't have? I, I mean, I'm a big old Hollywood fan, mm-hmm. but I never put those two together in my mind. I mean, I guess they're both. I think it's icons just like two basic old Hollywood figures that. Maybe that's like the first thing that springs to mind. They're I guess if I was going to pair a Hollywood icon with Elvis, though, I would go with like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I, it's that's strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's canon, so we are going with it. Right. Um, so the period parents get very drunk very quickly. I very much enjoyed reading that account of them all getting plastered off these pink drinks. It sounded really good. They sounded I want the really recipe. good. Everyone kept saying they were good. So I was so tempted to try to make them for our, uh, oh. our podcast book club tonight. Maybe season two, episode one, we should get really turned. And yes. Full <laughs> yes. We will celebrate night. with pink cocktails and... Look, you're wearing a pink shirt, Teresa. I could have, like, spilled you pink cocktail all over, all over you no, tonight. A la Bonnie. <laughs> Do you remember what was in them? Vodka. Vodka. Just vodka. No, it was vodka and something else. I think it was champagne, vodka, and something pink, like a fruity. My God. This reminds me of a drink you once ordered, Carolyn, when we went out. It was called like a Barbie martini or something. Oh, I for sure. And it had a light up ice cube, which is the only reason I ordered it, really, to be honest with you. I wanted a glowing cocktail. How ill were you after that cocktail? (laughs) You know what? If you had one of them, like you're fine. But you never have one. I did have one because I would have. Oh, yeah. Well, then you're a sociopath because that that opens the door to. uh, a crazy I was, night. You know, trying to trying to keep such also, a not we had just thing gone to, do. to a workout class. So Ooh, uh, such a Bonnie thing to do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt like I needed to not completely trash on my body that it just Well, I would have been the one three sheets to the wind at this trivia yeah. party for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, so I will work on uh, recreating the big little lies trivia night cocktail for us. Okay, so 
Let's get into we'll the post talking. The recipe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get everyone drunk along with us. Um, let's talk about the talking hits. Um, in the book, instead of a police interrogation, they appear to be reporters' notes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused as to who the reporter's supposed to be. Well, because you know how uh, Ed comes to Madeline and says that mm-hmm. somebody wants to do a story about trivia, uh, not trivia night, she assumes right. it's trivia night, about the bullying? Mm-hmm. So I assumed that it was actually a reporter who works with Ed, like that one. Mm-hmm. I read this book last week, and a lot of things leave my mind quite quickly, but mm-hmm. I was pretty sure it was a female reporter, because at one point one of the male talking heads tries to hit on her. Oh, really? And there's like a back and forth, I think. Well, it is a female, yeah. I think, that Ed says uh-huh. yeah. is doing So I don't uh, think it's Ed, even though Ed is a reporter in the book, which would be a little more interesting, I think, if after all of this, Ed was the one that was sent to cover collaborating on, you know, getting all this information together. I think that would have lent some... It would be a very big conflict of interest, though, considering true. he's one of the very people true. that yeah. we talk about. Do you think it makes a difference that it's a reporter instead of... Either way, either in the show or in the book, like... Well, the choice in the show is to keep it, I think, open for future seasons, which, you know, mm-hmm. they did... Actually, they just... Today, Nicole Kidman was interviewed um, saying that she was really kind of justifying the decision to do season two. But to me, it kind of seemed like they were kind of already, like, laying the groundwork for that because they mm-hmm. knew it was going to obviously be a hit. The cast was stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ended up getting the Emmy Award. So I kind of think that that intention was to make sure that they had room for a second season should they go down that path, whereas the book mm-hmm. very much neatly wraps everything with a bow and there's no need for a police interrogation because it's kind of a open and shut case. It also sort of lets us know that there is a police investigation, right? Because we only, every once in a while, we get sort of a press conference flash that lets Mm -hmm. us know something's happening. But otherwise, if you'd taken out, you know, these backroom police interrogations, we might not have understood that anyone was under investigation for a while. In the book? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 in the show. In the show. Right. Um, yeah, that I, the, that you're referring to like the talking heads in the show really setting us up. That was the hook for the Yeah, for sure. Whereas the talking heads in the book, especially towards the end, Mm -hmm. I kind of found myself like wanting to just skim over what they were saying. It was like Mm -hmm. dribble nonsense to me at that point. Yeah, I definitely, at the beginning, was very thrown reading the book with the talking heads because I... You know, when you watch something first and then go back and read it, you have the expectations from the show, obviously, informing your reading experience. But even with that knowledge that the talking heads would probably factor in some way, it did kind of pull me out of the narrative. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really didn't understand was the original choice to frame it Mm -hmm. with this old woman at the beginning who was Mm -hmm. watching everything. And I kind of thought the whole thing was going to be her knowledge of kind of like this bystander effect watching this all happen and then nothing came of that in the end there was no real follow-up with her well until like jane until jane gets a haircut jane gets a haircut daughter daughter. i thought at the end maybe that was all going to come full circle and maybe she'd been talking to the journalist although i did i did laugh when i was reading that part with jane getting the haircut i was like oh instead of character development bang she gets gets a pixie a character (laughs) development pixie cut yeah i thought that was strange and I mean, I thought it was also, like, kind of funny because it's, like, an Audrey and Elvis night and she's going dressed as Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. and, like, gets this, like, new haircut that would be Audrey Hepburn-esque. A little yeah. My Fair Lady it, makeover. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was a little a little too much. Um, it's just occurring to me now that Harper is one of the talking heads in both. And even though she thinks she's best friends with Renata, she still has no idea what actually happened. It's pretty clear she hasn't... Yeah. Renata has 
not told her a damn thing. I think in both the book and the show, it's, and actually the book has informed my interpretation of the show a little bit in this, mm-hmm. that I think that Harper's thirsty for Renata, and Renata is just kind of unbothered, too busy with her, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. big Renata energy to bother mm-hmm. with any of this. Although in the book, the Harper and Renata characters are sort of, uh, they combine to make the Renata that we know from the show. Yes, Harper's mm-hmm. way more vicious than Renata. Renata's pretty yeah. sympathetic, I yeah. think, in the book. Like, I don't, I think Miss Renata's super And it's Harper's husband that goes after yes. Jane in the cafe. There's an incident mm-hmm. where Madeline Martha McKenzie hits Renata's car, and mm-hmm. Renata's, like, pretty chill about yeah. it, all things considered. Like, you know, there's not mm-hmm. a big dramatic moment that, like, mm-hmm. we know, you know, Renata would deliver well, on the I show. Well, I think after the fact, like, at Trivia Night, they mentioned that they had, like, a screaming match in the parking lot. We don't actually see it. Yeah. Because Renata does apologize yeah, right. at Trivia It just Night. didn't seem like the same level of, like, crazy that's being no. served no. in the I, show. I, I felt like they took the character yeah. that was written as Harper yeah. and kind of morphed some of that yeah. into Renata for the show. And Renata's really not in the action in any sort of meaningful way. I mean, even the confrontations with Jane, it ends yeah. up being that Harper's the one that Jane mm-hmm. gets into it with, not mm-hmm. Renata. Renata's pretty absent. Yeah. I think that the show did did right by making Renata a little more central because it mm-hmm. makes more sense at the end that they're all bonded together. And in the book, guys, kind of like, what's Renata's skin in this game? Mm-hmm. Her husband was having an affair with a nanny? Like, that doesn't really yeah. give her motive to cover up a... No. murder and she's the one that starts the cover-up which again like i'm like renata what is your motivation in this book well so we're getting to the incident now so let's Sorry. just let's just, just jump do it. right no, in. let's just do it so things go down a lot differently in the book than they do yes. in the in the i keep wanting to call it a movie in the show um so one of the big things is that jane actually confronts perry yes yes and you know he basically he doesn't admit assaulting her, but he basically admits having had an affair. Yeah. And he remembers her. Maybe not her specifically. Yeah, but I thought it was more like he was like, well, it's one of them. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then, um, like, did you like that? I don't know. I felt it was a little weird. I. So I will say, if you haven't watched... Big Little Lies yet. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but (laughs) if you haven't watched Big Little Lies yet, watch the show and then go back and read this book. Normally, like, don't you feel like, oh, read the book first and then watch it? Yeah. I feel like this book was an interesting follow-up to the show, ironically. Um, And because of things like this, and and so Jane confronting Perry... Mm -hmm. I felt like in in the show, Jane has a really interesting, there's kind of this interesting build to her character, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see where she goes in the second season. The book, like, seemed to rush a lot of that, and mm-hmm. her kind of, it, it Jane feels like She the, gets a haircut and all of a yeah, sudden Yeah, she gets a haircut, and all of a like, sudden she's like, taking out, taking out glasses, home on a date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then confronting her accuser, and, you know, everything's great, and mm-hmm. she ends with this, like, you know, she's in this cute little romance with I mean, Tom. I think this is clearly somebody who did not set out to write a sequel, needed to wrap everything up, mm-hmm. didn't necessarily need to prolong the character development, just needed to make sure that she had that feminist It felt like she didn't want to prolong anything. No. It felt like this yeah. was a, such a rushed ending. Mm-hmm. There was all this buildup and all this stuff going on with Jane, especially, who is sort of the main character in the book, yeah. not Madeline. And... For me, like Jane, this all, this whole ending felt like rushed. All of this conspires mm-hmm. in just, you know, a few short, tiny, the book has very short chapters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just felt really like rushed. Like, 
all of yeah. a sudden Leanne Moriarty <laughs> decided that she was, uh, she's like, oh God, I need to wrap this up. It's like 400 pages already. Bring mm-hmm. it on home. Land this plane. That was how I felt with the whole Jane thing and that Jane mm-hmm. all of a sudden got this like big character switch around and mm-hmm. now is confronting Perry. I do think it's nice that she was able to confront Perry. I just like wish it had been, you know, it's kind of got a Game of Thrones season eight effect happening. Yeah. Just <laughs> rushed through crucial yeah, plot development and, and expected nobody to notice. Too much. Guess what? Everybody notices. Like yeah. we are conditioned. <laughs> we are though very much, I think it's peak, peak TV is the culprit, but we are conditioned to expect like quality character development and pacing mm-hmm. that mirrors real life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think the, the book doesn't lend itself very well to that. And this could very easily have been two books. Mm-hmm. I think, so one of the other big, um, differences here is that you know everyone is everyone is out there on the patio husbands included monterey five perry and ed and nathan and nathan Nathan. right and everyone just stands there and watches as he slaps celeste and other than like being like hey buddy what are you doing no one really does anything about it except for bonnie but in the show, he's beating the living shit out of her. He's going to town. He's, yep. like, throwing women off of him left and right <laughs> as they're attacking him. And so the stakes seem so much lower. Yes. In the book. In the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot more, like, accidental in the book. It's mm-hmm. this, They go into this whole thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, it was a rail. And they're, if, first if of all, If Perry hadn't outside. been so tall, if the railing hadn't been so low, yeah. like... That if it hadn't been raining and slippery out. And they're also, yeah. like, right there outside the party. If they hadn't, you know, everyone's backs were turned, mm-hmm. conveniently distracted by something because else. And then there's another fighting. fight yeah. happening yeah, at right. Trivia Night <laughs> that causes, that bursts out onto the balcony. What, it was about Renata's husband and Harper's husband both, both banging, banging the, the, the French, French nanny. French nanny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, cliche. Which yeah. I really kind of hope is happening in season two mm-hmm. of the TV show. I yeah, hope Gordon's that there a is a creep. French nanny mm-hmm. affair circuit yeah <laughs> it'd be a nice subplot yeah but, but no, it's so definitely the subplot the stakes here were is that this other fight that's happening is like a distraction and then that fight bursts out onto this very same balcony knocks into madeline breaking her ankle which i cannot be more sympathetic yeah. to <laughs> uh when she's like sitting there in interrogation it was, uh, was it doesn't surgery. she say it was her good ankle by the way like, i don't know it was a circle from yeah. the beginning yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um but then jane gets her jane gets her collarbone collarbone broken so that but I, meanwhile, Perry's fall was like pretty much an accident. Like, right. Bonnie did not mean. Where in the show, you really do get the impression that Bonnie is like trying to really mess Perry up. Like she's not just like rage pushing. Yeah, I do. Cause she, I think that the way she runs at him, mm-hmm. and you know she can see the stairs behind him. Mm-hmm. I think that that was like. I don't think I. I mean, she's so tiny. Perry's so big. She's filled with rage. She sure, certainly means to stop him. He's hurting everybody, especially Celeste. But I don't think. Her intent was to get him down. Maybe not to murder him, but to like really mess him up. Whereas okay. I feel like the book was just kind of like she pushes him, and because the fence, mm-hmm. the railing was too low, and Perry was too tall, he yeah. falls, and everybody's like, "Oh, oops." But oh, we do get some answers yes. on a Bonnie backstory, exactly. Yes, that are pretty satisfying mm-hmm. and kind of exactly what we expected, mm-hmm. and what I think we should probably be expecting to see in the show in season two, right? Right. I think at this point we've made it very clear we think Bonnie has some po- post past trauma 
and Nathan tells us that she had an abusive father. I don't know if it will still be an abusive father. Stepfather? Fa- stepfather? Maybe. Again, it's been some a week. sort My of brain doesn't hold information. Male influence yeah. in the house was abusive towards um, the mother. And that she used to hide under the couch and mm-hmm. under the bed that under yeah. and that she was sick of hiding and not standing up. And that's why she mm-hmm. confronts Perry and goes in for that shove. And her whole life, the super yoga blissed out Bonnie is a reaction to this life, just like we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Renata is the one to start. The cover-up. The cover-up. She says, I didn't see anything, basically just because she hates men now because her husband cheated on her. Yeah, Renata's character development. Yeah. First of all, it wasn't much of a character there to start <laughs> with, but super rushed. And again, what is her investment in these women at this point? Like, there hasn't mm-hmm. been that... She had, when You know, in the show, they were all fighting him together, and you got the sense that all the tension had built to this kind of come into a head between the women. They were invested in each other's lives in a way that felt more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So that I could understand more than Renata really taking it. I was, I was like, really? You have all these other characters that have skin in the game? Renata's going to be the one that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I also thought, you know, it's like that old expression, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. Yeah. So, but Renata didn't really give me that vibe in the book either. She seemed like she was off dealing with her own stuff and wasn't necessarily that. True, but... You know, I I think that uh, I, I I feel like she just decided that she was better this was off. This her moment. <laughs> yeah, better off being part of the pack than separate from it. True. Um. So I'm having a brain fart, ladies. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so then we have like much more of like a denouement. Oh, like my fancy, fancy that. French. That was beautiful. Um, I learned it from Juliet, the <laughs> nanny. Um, Are you sleeping with her too? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, we get a lot more of that in the book, and it seems like that's probably um, where a lot of season two might come from. Um, one of the things we learn is that Ed really does not want to lie for Bonnie. Um and he's kind of all of us just being like, she's not going to get in any trouble. Like, what is, why are we lying about this? What I mean, I never want to side with Ed. Yeah. But, uh, Ed is much more sympathetic in the book. Yeah. I so, guess. It's okay to side with Ed. Yeah, I guess. I just kept picturing Adam Scott's face. Not in the show. Yeah. We would never know. side with Ed in the show. But in no, book, but Ed, we can side with. his face and his biker shorts, and I was the just shorts. like, shut your face. That's a cursed image. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... I do agree, like, what are these women, mm-hmm. especially in, in the show, like, you know, they're all freaking out, like, this is self-defense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Celeste is. She should know. But mm-hmm. this it doesn't seem, and in the book it even seems less of a crime. So it does seem like a lot of uh, hullabaloo of a, color, of a cover-up. So there's a book club question from the back of the book that says... Madeline muses, maybe it was actually an unspoken instant agreement between four women on the balcony. No woman should pay for the accidental death of that particular man. Maybe it was as involuntarily atavist, it was an involuntary atavistic response to thousands of years of violence against women. Maybe it was for every rape, every brutal backhanded slap, every other parry that had come before this one. And, um, then Madeline says, Some, sometimes doing the wrong thing was also right. 
And the book club wants to know, do you agree with the statement um, and what the women decided to do? I do agree with that. Yeah. I think that in the show. Also, my pizza is here. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, we've had to Carl load now because we keep drinking too much during these episodes. Classic. Uh, I thought you called me baby. Okay, we're back after a pizza break. Uh, the pizza guy called Carolyn baby. We're all fired up now. Rebecca's going to push him down the stairs. Things are getting ugly. Um, and the pizza smells like vegetables. All right, so back to whether or not we agree with what these ladies did. Um... I mean, we've sort of already talked about this a little bit because well, I don't understand what exactly they're hiding. But spoiler alert, in the book, <laughs> Bonnie confesses. Yes. And she does not serve jail time. She does like 200 hours of community service, which seems like Bonnie's wet dream. So yeah. <laughs> she's happy about that. There's really no fallout for the consequences associated with Perry's death because, let's face it, nobody gives a shit that Perry's dead because mm-hmm. he's the worst. So do you think the book, what is the book going to keep from this? Is, like, just Bonnie's um, general... Daddy issues? Daddy issues, but also, like, we see her in the trailers kind of, like, having a minor breakdown, and I assume that's why she would confess. So do we think Bonnie's going to end up confessing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the longer... Predictions. The longer they delay her confession mm-hmm. the more it becomes oh, yes. a crime because at that point now they're taking steps to cover up the crime right. which you know that's the obstruction of justice and that's where the, the actual crime comes into play so as mm-hmm. it stands in the book bonnie really only keeps this to herself for like 48 hours it seems like and then confesses and everybody's relaxed whatever it all gets tied up a in text a nice goes little, around that she's yep, going to confess <laughs> nice little bow and it's all neat in the end and obviously like the show is messier than that so i don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as bonnie confessing and everybody's happy i think that they're going to probably if that does happen i would imagine it happens towards the end and mm-hmm. setting up maybe season three to be like a courtroom drama and we do have that hmm. that snippet mm-hmm. in the season two trailer of uh, renata in a courtroom so mm-hmm. who knows it could be that she you know does this in the middle of the season and then that kind of transitions mm-hmm. into defending Bonnie or defending all of them because at this point they've all obstructed justice Mm -hmm. I think the fact that the frame in the show is obviously the police interrogation still and not the uh, interview Mm -hmm. raises the stakes you know Mm -hmm. it's still an ongoing investigation whereas the book the investigation really is non-existent it happens off scene so one of the other things that happens in the book that does not happen in the movie or in the show or at least so far is Celeste decides to sell everything, keep her crappy apartment that she's moving into for some reason, and set up trust funds for her two boys and Ziggy. Ziggy. Has this bitch lost her mind? Like, why is she not keeping the sweet house? And And the money? Yeah. And staying in her community more than anything else. You could sell the house and buy a different house, but... And you can set up the trust fund for Ziggy. I think that's a perfectly lovely I think it's her wanting to start... From, Without from Perry. scratch. Yeah. yeah, to like go back and just kind of erase all that and make her life hers. Like mm-hmm. she is going back to practicing law. Mm-hmm. She's going to work herself up in her 
you know, professional life. And, and Perry's money probably feels pretty tainted and dirty at this point. Exactly. Want to be, like, the only, the only good for it is for the kid. So mm-hmm. she sets up these trust funds. I also kind of want to be like, can you just give Jane some of that money now? Because Homer yeah. is like living in a crappy apartment and yeah, why don't we just give Jane the nice house so yeah. Les can move into the crappy yeah. apartment and they can do a whole like how the other half lives or Freaky they could, Friday thing. They could, you know, just like live together and yeah. co-parent all their kids and some mm-hmm. sort of like Kate and Allie situation. Oh my god, Kate and Allie. That was my favorite show when I was a kid. Before my time? Yes. yes way before your time. Yeah. Uh, but I've you can go find it. Okay, um, I know what I'm doing. Jane tonight. Curtin and... Oh, I love Jane Curtin. I don't Jane remember Curtin. the other actress, but it was Jane Curtin and... Third Rock from the Sun is my jam. Yeah. I love anything with her in it, so... It was about two divorced ladies raising their three mm-hmm. kids in a tiny basement apartment in New York. Right, that's yeah. lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was quality, it was quality programming. Okay. Okay, well, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, it was it was like a little before like our time too, but I feel like it was one of those shows that I was like up late watching anyway. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we were definitely. I'm not, not supposed that to be much younger, them. by the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah this show. I'm like a 16 year old. This was like the kind of show that like it was beyond like people. Mm-hmm. You probably were most adults were watching it. Then yes, it like, like it a was. Kid show. Like, yeah. We're okay. definitely weird for having watched right. it. Yeah, cool. and it was like one of those shows that my mom's like, "You don't need to tell your friends at school that you watch this." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I love that show so much. Um, so Madeline makes a comment that there were so many levels of evil in the world, and including her constant shit stirring and gossiping. Um, is she, like, seriously, she's, I mean, I guess on a literature level, it makes sense to sort of try and pair up these different kinds of evil in the world, but I'm like, "Mm, girl, you're just kind of stretch crazy, and he was abusive. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really, I liked the character of Madeline a lot less in the book. She's a lot less sassy and a lot less like engaging she just kind of feels like a basic that without the charm yeah. of reese witherspoon being mm-hmm. the way that reese witherspoon plays madeline mm-hmm. and the way madeline is written in the tv show totally the character of madeline the book i would never want to go near <laughs> whereas the character in the show mm-hmm. like i may i i would definitely want to go out for drinks with She'd definitely be a good time, and she's right. prove, she proves to be a good friend, mm-hmm. you know? I think that the characters of Jane and Celeste are a lot more fully realized in the book than anybody else, mm-hmm. and I think that mm-hmm. they be, really do become the anchors of the storytelling, yeah. and Madeline is reduced kind of to, you know, she's obviously one of the core three, mm-hmm. but it's less important, and I think what makes the series strong is that all three of them really kind of have the same weight, even though obviously Madeline's problems are pretty trivial compared to what Jane and Celeste are going through. You know, it's funny because in reading the book, if I was casting this based on descriptions from the book and if it was following the book more, I would cast Reese Witherspoon as Bonnie from the book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way they describe Bonnie, the way... I can't picture mm-hmm. anybody else, but... No, I, I, I know, but like if you think about it, like a lot of the description for Bonnie and I, I feel like... Because the character of Madeline is so... It, it is a little bit underdeveloped, and it's just, there's not that mm-hmm. quality that Reese Witherspoon brings to it, mm-hmm. that if I was casting, if I knew the cat, if I knew who the cast was, that it was Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, Shailene, 
who would you cast based on the book if you mm-hmm. didn't know who they were playing? Sorry. I just had, I completely forgot about this until right this moment, but we had one other big difference in um, terms of how the storylines yeah, revolved themselves. Yeah, don't answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine. We'll answer your question. Shailene Woodley roams into the hills to get her own water from springs in real life, so that bitch is for real Bonnie. Like, she, like, carries a jug up a mountain to get water. Yeah, like, I can see that there. She also, like, yeah. sunbathes her vag. She, like, exposes her vagina to sunlight for, like, a certain period of time, and apparently it's, like, healing. So she is So she's a total body. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I did not know any of this information about her, but... I don't know why I know that, but here we are. I also feel like Reese Witherspoon is actually, like, she was a pretty young mom with that creep Ryan Phillippe, and... Ooh, he is a creep. Like, she could actually be a good Jane. Like, she's not really, like, frumpy enough. Like, I don't know, I don't know what it would take to make Reese Witherspoon look frumpy. A lot. Like, but. Prosthetics. Yeah. Brown hair and <laughs> lack of makeup, some frumpy clothes. I refuse to believe Reese Witherspoon doesn't still look like Reese Witherspoon without makeup. Right. I, see, I feel like I, I could almost say, like, Reese Witherspoon, I, I would maybe think of Zoe Kravitz as Jane, maybe. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, based on the book, I mean, the book describes Celeste as being very, very beautiful. And and uh, I, I could either see, like, Nicole Kidman or Reese Witherspoon being the Celeste. I think, I think Nicole Kidman is the only possible human on the face of the earth who might be beautiful enough to live up to what they describe in the book. Like, Reese Spoon is really cute. She's obviously beautiful, yeah. but she is not, like, statuesque and stunning. And I was like, going to say, yeah, like, Laura Dern could pull Laura off, Dern like, the emotional yeah. heft of the role, but, like, the way the book describes... Celeste, it's, it's like, it it's really, describing Fatima. Oh, like, the name? fact that, like, Jane just feels uncomfortable. Satine like, in yeah. Moulin Rouge. It's oh. like that, like, beautiful, like, glass porcelain doll. Yeah. Beautiful. Fair. Beauty, like, the mm-hmm. crap I, I, I stand by that I, reading this book, made me, I, I if I didn't know who was cast, mm-hmm. I had trouble putting some of these people mm-hmm. with who they played. It's a, you know, good casting agent. Right? The sound, well, I mean, it, because of how it evolved. And Reese Witherspoon yeah. is Madeline Martha McKenzie now. I mean, there's, oh my in God. my mind, yeah. like, that's yeah. the hardest one to divorce from the character. I mean, yeah. you know, the other ones you could probably shuffle around to some degree of success. But, but in but... reading the book, I didn't picture her no. in this. Yeah. Well, in the, reading the book, we talked about this a little in the first episode, but, like, she comes across more like matronly and yes. garish instead mm-hmm. of like cute, perky, over the top, mm-hmm. like shit stirrer who's just kind of having fun. There's more of a she's, desperation to book Madeline. That she's right. like really trying to keep and, up appearances, whereas mm-hmm. Madeline is the one setting the appearances for her friend group. Like, yeah. In the she show. is feels less powerful yes. in the book. Mm-hmm. A lot less. Right. And I think she might just you know, she even says at some point, like, am I just tacky? Am I just, yeah. like, and I don't answer, really know If anymore. you have to ask, Madeline, <laughs> book Madeline. <laughs> um, okay, so the thing I remembered a couple minutes ago is the resolution of the stupid fucking Abigail storyline. Oh, yes, with which, Celeste. Oh. Yes, which is that Celeste, Celeste playing is like an American <laughs> daddy with money to spend and a conscience. Like, Celeste so catfishing creepy. her. Yes. <laughs> like, so basically Celeste pretends, although we don't 
she never confirms this really. It's just no. Ma- she- it's just Madeline sort of saying you did it, and Celeste, her, and then all hell breaks loose. So yeah, yeah. Harry really freaks know. out about it, and no. Celeste like doesn't deny it, but obviously. So she offers to just pay the money directly to Amnesty International if she will take down the website, and so Abigail does, and that's that. Instead of in the show where. For Madeline confesses her affair to her. Equally outlandish. <laughs> yeah. Equally <laughs> outlandish. And that's well, the mean, reason she stops. Falls into, mm-hmm. so in the book, one of my favorite aspects of the Celeste character, as we mm-hmm. talked about in the first episode of, of the book club here, mm-hmm. was that Celeste deals with all of her anxiety yes. and, you know, yeah. everything going on with Perry by just spending his money donating it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was perfectly in line. Yeah, oh, yeah. Celeste did this yeah. and I, I love that and I kind of wish that they had done something like that in the show for sure rather than that mm-hmm. awkward mother daughter bonding moment yeah that was weird and, but we also didn't have what well, I was actually wondering um, last time if there was going to be a point like when Madeline confessed an affair that we don't know about in the book yes I I was confused what the point of Joseph... Is it Joseph? I, I think it's Joseph. Joseph. Joseph what the, the point of guy. the addition of Joseph was? And mm-hmm. this is why, again, I think that like this whole, like, oh, we didn't think there was going to be a second season is just a classic me thinks the lady doth protest too much <laughs> situation. <laughs> because Joseph adds that element of, like, there's an unresolved plot line here that we can pick up mm-hmm. in season two. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't in the book, so that was a choice to add mm-hmm. him in. And I don't think the choice was just we need some sort of moment of, like, a come to Jesus between Madeline and Abigail that's going to make Abigail... You know, see reason, especially because selling your body or virginity on Amnesty International mm-hmm. doesn't really have much to do with your mom having an affair. Like, right. I don't really understand like how that's the thing that makes Abigail be like, you know what, I shouldn't be an asshole and I yeah. shouldn't do this. Versus Celeste intervening in like a classic Celeste, quiet, under the radar, doesn't want mm-hmm. any fanfare tracks mm-hmm. a lot more than this affair. So I think that this affair is just another little nugget that they peppered in thinking that, you know, our stacked cast is probably going to rake in some awards and we're going to get that HBO Well, I mean, that affair also in the show leads them to being in a car accident together. Yeah, there's just like a lot of stuff. There was a lot happening with that that I I do wonder if that'll be, and we saw in the trailer, like we were talking about, Madeline definitely Mm -hmm. is seen in the trailer with another man and we're not sure who it is. I don't think it looks like either Ed or Joseph. So, I mean, yeah. Madeline could be spiraling. Well, I think, so, I think adding Joseph was in part just to add sort of another red herring to yeah. the, to Thinking all the different storylines. Another person could be dead or murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the show a little bit was a little bit more a portrait of marriages. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, because... And sex lives. And sex lives. And... Madeline and Ed in the book are just kind of like standard people who've been married for a long yeah. time, happy. Like there's, like their sex life doesn't really come up. No one's cheating on anyone as far as we know. Like it's just there, and, and they're, totally so, they're sort of the baseline. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're the baseline. Yep. And everybody else's spectrums of weird off of that central relationship. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like that's Madeline's role in this book. It's just mm-hmm. kind of be like the basic litmus mm-hmm. through which everybody else's dysfunction is revealed. Like mm-hmm. she's the, the standard and everybody else is kind of deviant oh, off of. Oh, she's like the straight man yeah. that everyone else's right. chaos and comedy yeah. mm-hmm. ensues off of. 
And she's the one who, like, she's bored, right? Like, yeah. she is bored, and she's not running out and having an affair, so she's she starts, just, like, she's just starting shit with everybody all the yeah. time. Yeah. And the erotic book club. And the erotic She tried book. to do something The productive. erotic book club that was not actually erotic. Although, mm-hmm. I did also love, one of the talking heads mentions that then an erotic Christian book club got started yeah. and was actually quite... <laughs> Torrid. I really want to see the reading list for the erotic Christian book club. Is it just the Old Testament? Do we think it exists? What is it? Is it just like people get, is it just like Hallmark movies? I don't know. Are those erotic? I mean, depends on your definition of eroticism. I mean, if like, you're not allowed to go on a date by yourself till you're like 25, that's probably If you think like the Virgin Mary story is erotic, then maybe not. Um, Nothing sexier than Angel Break. Something starring Alexa Penna Vega is going to really turn you on. All right, and with that, I think uh, Rebecca should be responsible for handing out the social media details now. Oh, should I? Is that my punishment for (laughs) blaspheming? (laughs) So if you're interested in getting more of this zany action, you can uh, check us out on social media. We are at Big Little Podcast on Instagram. You can search Big Little Podcast on Facebook and Big Little Pod on Twitter, mm-hmm. I believe. Did I, did I nail it? No, I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, give us a follow. We've got fun content, memes, and uh, more episodes coming your way. 